Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I just love those words. They just roll off the tongue and into your heart and mind and just bring with it a calmness, but a deep awareness of God's presence in our lives and in our congregation as well. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. What greater gifts could we ever ask of God? That's in contrast, however, to reality as we know it. Because quickly we are moving with Jesus through the last weeks and days of his ministry. Things are going to get tough, they're going to get rough. Events are lining up and starting to move into place to accomplish what Jesus has been talking about for three three years, and it should be no surprise when they happen. They've been informed. For three years, Jesus has preached the gospel, the forgiveness of sins through faith in him that God will raise him from the dead. He has healed the sick. He has given sight to the blind. He has given hearing to the deaf. And he has resurrected and restored life to the dead. Even more important, Jesus gave eternal life to everyone who believed in him. Everyone who believed that he is the Son of God, whom God sent in the world not to condemn it, but to save it. So Matthew has recorded the final days in our gospel today, the final days of what I call Jesus' ministry tour. There's a lot that has gone on in a very short time, and there's a lot more to happen in a much shorter time. So Jesus is taking a rest, a break, a night off. He's in Bethany, a town that's friendly to him. Simon the leper and scholars more or less believe that Simon is a leper that Jesus probably cured. So Simon invites Jesus and his disciples to a dinner at his house and probably other residents as well who know him. And according to the text, a meal has been prepared and the dining has begun as all have come to their table to recline and partake of the food. And that's when a very unusual event begins. A woman approaches Jesus, comes into the house, and she's weeping. She comes in to anoint his head of all things, and she's weeping while she does it. But Jesus is cool about it. He accepts her anointing, and he silences roughly those who are complaining about her action. How crass could they be? The woman understands what Jesus will go through in the next two or three weeks. But the rest of the guests, including the disciples, only understand the monetary loss they have lost or not received because the expensive alabaster jar and the expensive ointments it contained was not sold. Instead, it was used on Jesus' head. But this woman knows that Jesus will suffer a horrible time of suffering and death in the not too distant future. And so she's grieving his death now in the presence of all these guests. And her, her grieving is not contrived. It is real. It's anticipatory grief, very common. It's the grief you experience before the actual death that takes place. 
you'll probably experience it as your parents pass on, or loaded loved friends, neighbors, and such. Anticipatory grief is a clinical explanation for why people have time before they die to make amends with folks, reconcile their affairs, reconcile with adversaries, settle issues, and even confess to each other, well, I know we haven't gotten along, but we really do love each other. And you never forget this time. It's so engraved in your, in your mind and in your experience, you can't forget it. I clearly clear, remember that time of grief I had with my father back in 1992 when he was dying. And I can see him sit up in his bed and look at me and say, I love you. And I can still hear his voice say, I love you. Jesus is grieving. Look what he faces. We know what he faces. It's horrible. He knows what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem. And there's no way of turning back now. And, and he can feel the pressure that is upon him, on his mind and his body, to keep going forward and forward. And each day that pressure increases exponentially, probably, as he draws closer and closer to Jerusalem. Because he knows his calls for help will go unanswered. And in Gethsemane, his final call to, for total release will be rejected by his father himself. So he will give himself over to suffer and die, as has he been saying all along. But there is a reason he's willing to suffer and die. There in Simon the leper's home, Jesus is sitting, looking into his sufferings. And I'd like for all you to kind of virtually, virtually experience what's going on or imagine in your mind that's going on and that you're there to observe. Jesus is sitting there looking away, but actually looking into his suffering. And there he sees the reason for his suffering and death. He's suffering and died to pay the full cost of everyone's sin. It's that simple. So the scriptures put it this way. So Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Now let me repeat that. Jesus, who for the joy that was set for him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and will be seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And what is that joy? It's a joy that Jesus has, knowing that everyone who believes in him has eternal life. Now, Jesus knew why he and the woman, the woman and her gift were there. And as I said, he doesn't express, express surprise when she comes to him, where he's reclining at the table and begins to anoint his head. He accepts it. Perhaps he's speaking the words, though, softly into her range of hearing, words of comfort that you'll recognize. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Words of comfort from Psalm 23 for weary people. Here we have two people, Jesus heavily burdened by the coming events, and his only supporter who knows him well enough to lavish her support upon him from his head to his feet. What do the others have? 
nothing. Totally distracted, Jesus and Mary, they knew the burden to them in the days ahead. But the others, they were concerned only with the alabaster jar, which is now broken and worthless. But leave that in pass. What, what about us? Where do we fit into this event that's happening before our eyes? We are virtually traveling with Jesus, observing what happens to him, how he responds, how others respond. We're reliving in a virtual manner his last four weeks, in which he is headed for Jerusalem. In this very place, we must see it as the home of Simon the leper, not a church sanctuary. We are in Simon's home, and earlier, just a few minutes ago, we have eaten a meal. And there we see Jesus. He's looking through his suffering beyond it to see what his death and suffering will bring. He's looking at the burden of sin he carries. Is he looking at our sin? Does he pick up our burden and add it to the burden he was already carrying? Are we distracted or do we see him take our burden from us? Are we distracted or do we notice the people entering Simon's house are not more people to anoint Jesus, but there are people praising Jesus and thanking him for what he's doing for them and for us? Do we see Jesus taking our sin upon himself? We will be continuing our journey for the next several weeks, our journey with Jesus. And in that time, we need to be focusing on him not on, what, not on what we're giving up. Always appreciating the sacrifice he made to give us life with him forever. We will leave Los Simon's house. We will pass through cheering crowds. We will celebrate the Passover with Jesus. We will receive a last supper from Jesus. We will be at Gethsemane where he is praying. And then we will witness torture dispensed and execution administered. So as we walk with Jesus in the days ahead in real life here, in real time, in real places, we need to be praying, dear Jesus, my sin and guilt are plaguing me. Oh, grant me true contrition. And by your death upon the tree, your pardon and remission. Before the Father's throne above, recall your matchless deed of love, that he may lift my dreadful load O Son of God, I plead the grace your death bestowed. I cordially invite you to another gathering of our virtual trip for Sunday in this room. Reservations are not required.